With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello. That is a beautiful sounding voice right there. I know. Is it just us three? Where the hell is the new guy? Uh, he graduated today. <laughs> excuses i know right getting your degree sheesh i mean i feel like that just means he has the rest of the day free yeah he did the work for four years so he didn't have to work today unless the ceremony is going on right now i thought the ceremony was on saturday no they haven't spread out so yeah. purdue doesn't have one big ceremony spread out they... like your mother <laughs> oh wow anyway you don't want to keep explaining man not even a minute in and <laughs> We've got our cold open. We do. I'm so glad I hit record. <laughs> so what the hell are we talking about today? I assume we're gonna talk about Spike. We're gonna talk about Biggie. Uh discussion Anything of else? AJ, maybe? Oh yeah. yeah. I'm gonna talk uh, about Carson Edwards for about three minutes and I'm gonna be furiously <laughs> masturbating as I do it. <laughs> I'll be surprised if you even last three minutes. <laughs> There was a shower thought on Reddit that I saw today. It was like if I were to make a sick if I were to make a sex video, it'd fit into a vine. <laughs> uh, all right, so you kids ready? Yeah, sure. And now it's Spike. Is it Albrecht? Do I say the T or Albrecht. is it Albrecht? Albrecht. I am by far no means the uh, pronunciation king here, though. Okay, so it's just Spike Albrecht. Albrecht. Albrechts. St- Casey, you stop talking. <laughs> Juan, you say it. Spike Albrick. Albrick. Or just Spike. I mean, we can just just say Albrick once and then we just refer to him as Spike. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm literally writing a Spike column just for the puns. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go ahead and start here uh, in like 10 seconds. 10? I'm going to get way too bored and start talking. That's fine. <laughs> 
everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Pitching Rails podcast. We've already got Casey laughing because he can't contain himself to be quiet for 10 seconds. Uh, I am Jumbo Heroes. I'll be handling uh, hosting duties here for you. Damn it, Casey. This is why we can't have nice things. They just started mowing, like right as you started talking. And I was trying to pour water. It's going to be great. Jesus Christ. Oh, I can hear it now. (laughs) Do you want me to do that over? (laughs) I mean, they're still going to be mowing. This is a disaster. That's right. You know what? It's fine. I'm sure Juan can edit part of that out. Oh, God. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammer and Rails podcast. I am Jumbo Heroes. I'm going to be leading you today through this joyous, uh, mostly basketball version of the podcast. In fact, I think it may be all basketball. Uh, and we've also got Casey and Juan on the line. Casey and Juan, how you guys doing? Uh, not not the best, I think, as we'll all attest to, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold it together. Okay. Juan, what about yourself? Doing well up here. Uh, yeah. There were some uh, snow flurries this morning, actually. It was an interesting sight to see in the middle of May, but it went away. It's warmed up a little, so I can't complain. You're yeah. practically in Canada, right? No. I'm only 30 mile, thirty minutes north of Ohio. Casey does not have a great <laughs> geography. He assumes no, Michigan. He assumes Canada. Mm-hmm. Although um, Canada isn't that far away from me, it's just, you know, the most southern port, portion of Canada. So you go to Windsor and get yourself some french fries and gravy. I mean, if I drive to Detroit and then drive south, I would end up in Canada. What? Yeah. Oh, no, God. You come on, Casey. We're going to have to send you a map after this. <laughs> Do you think Washburn took a geography class? Maybe he could help me. Hey, oh, he's God. been doing this for 46 years. <laughs> Okay. He is a geography expert on Twitter. You know that. Focus. Focus. <laughs> All right. So we haven't done a podcast in a little while. Obviously, the big news, I don't think we've, we've discussed it all, is the commitment of Spike Albrecht from Michigan to Purdue as a grad transfer. Juan, I know, obviously, you're up there in Ann Arbor. Uh, can you give us a quick primer on what we need to know about Spike? So obviously, on his average, his average offensive ability, you know, it doesn't seem that high. Not a lot of points per game, even if you're looking at the stats uh, from before his injury. But the thing that he can offer is sort of like one one of those games where he can just explode, sort of like what PJ can offer right now too. Where, no. well, no, but I'm saying like PJ maybe. You know, every couple games will have like six points or so. And then like there's a Wisconsin game where he just explodes. You know, Spike is going to offer something similar to that regard. That's just my quick, quick opinion. But there's still a lot of concerns in terms of his injury. So we'll see. I mean, the medical doctors at Purdue have cleared him or are working on clearing him. If not, they wouldn't have even offered uh, Spike a scholarship. But right. we'll see what happens. I, I'm looking forward to it. This is probably the biggest graduate transfer that, uh, at least in the beginning, that Painter has gotten because he's getting not only a graduate transfer with Power Conference, Big Ten experience, but it, you're getting someone who's actually led a team in a national championship game. Like I say, he has more NCAA tournament wins than our entire squad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, even if he had one NCAA tournament win, that was right. just more than the current squad, unfortunately. Right. And and to go off of Juan's point, he is, it's been just over a year, uh, I believe, since his last surgery. Uh, and it was a hip injury, correct? Correct. Yes. They said it would take a year to heal, I guess. And I read this in one of the interviews they did after he had committed. So um, they're expecting to get him clear 
cleared pretty soon, mm-hmm. and then he should be able to begin activities with the team. Um, he does have to go through a waiver process to be able to play it at Purdue since it's a Big Ten school, but right. that just happened with the guy who transferred um, from, from Michigan, Michigan to IU, so uh, it shouldn't be too much of a trouble to, of, of a big hassle to get that done. But um, Casey, it sounded like you were kind of disagreeing with Juan's assessment there. What do you think? It's a system like his game is different than PJ's, and that's the biggest thing. He's not as good of a shooter as you might think he is, but what he actually does is he, despite his lack of size or speed, he gets to the hoop and he has some ability to finish in, you know, awkward ways. But more than just that, he's actually willing to attempt it, which is something we have not seen from PJ Thompson throughout his career. Yeah, and I think the biggest driver. Yeah, he's not. And that's a fair assessment. And especially when you have so many shooters around you and next year we're going to have Haas and maybe Biggie, but you need someone that can run a pick and roll. You need someone that can actually be a threat to go to the hoop to pull in people off of Dakota and Ryan Klein and Basil Smotherman because of the fact that if they're paying attention to the guy with the ball, as soon as they get the ball, whether they shoot or drive, they're more dangerous. And my biggest thing is Spike changes the ceiling of our team. We saw the best version of PJ Thompson we're ever going to see. He was the third highest offensive rating player, according to Kim Palm, in the entire nation last year. And yet we still did not have playmakers with the ball. A lot of his assists were, I don't want to call them empty calorie assists, but they were, they weren't exactly nutritional. He didn't break into a defense and then create opportunities for other people. It was a lot of just other people working off the ball, having a lot of jump shooters, which is the easiest way to get an assist and not turning the ball over. But that only gets you so far as we saw in the tournament the last two years. So Spike offers this alternative someone that knows how to get into the paint finish he's creative with his finishes he doesn't get blocked a whole lot despite his size and just the threat of that is going to change what our offense looks like so i know obviously bringing him in it kind of complicates the situation next year at point guard obviously pj thompson is going to be the incumbent probably get the the lion's share of the minutes unless something changes you're very high on carson edwards coming in um how do you think this is going to impact maybe the minutes he's going to get or is this kind of going to do nothing to him because he plays such a different game. You're right. I don't think it affects Carson as much. He's a true freshman. He's not going to be trusted by Painter, especially not early on. I don't know about his defense because I haven't got to see much tape of him. And when you watch just highlights, you only get to see the offensive. Yeah, they don't put a lot of defense on highlight reels. But what you see of his offense is very exciting. He is, first of all, off the dribble, just a knockdown shooter. It is a quick effortless, smooth. He is going to be dangerous with the ball. And the other thing, he's got a lightning quick first step, gets inside, and he has a really good eye of finding cutters. So what I plan on seeing a lot is Carson cutting into the defense and then someone like Basil Smotherman cutting in and getting empty dunks or being able to toss the ball to Haas to where he'll just be able to get, you know, three or four easy baskets just because, in fact, we have a guy who is an actual threat with the ball. The way I see Spike is he's probably a slightly better version of P.J., and they're pretty comparable regardless. I think Carson Edwards has a chance to be something neither of those two players could hope to be. I, I am not a guy who watches high school basketball, high school basketball highlights. I just I have no desire to watch these 16, 17 year old kids. I just don't care. And of course, maybe not the best thing to say when I work for <laughs> writing a blog, but you know, whatever. You talking about his lightning first step, lightning quick first step. How does he compare to Lewis Jackson? He's not Lewis Jackson. 
Lewis Jackson was a ridiculously quick, just a lightning bug of a point guard. But he's also 5'11". He's got some muscle on him. He's got pretty good handle. And Lou Jack was quick, didn't have great handle. Like, he just relied on being able to blow past a guy. Carson Edwards has some craftiness to his game. He's got a spin move, some Euro steps. And more than anything, he had a good sense of he's got a pretty good lift at the basket, but he knows when to pull up and engage that last line of defenders to create space for someone else to score. And that's something that, especially with Lou Jack, I thought he he suffered on he went to a hundred right away and he never really knew how to lower the throttle. Carson Edwards has a nice little pace to his game that's going to open things up for other players. Then, I mean, next year you're looking at a three-headed point guard monster. Do we think any of these guys can play a different position other than point guard? Like, can we slide one of them to a two uh, and keep two of these guys on the floor to have better ball control? I think we're going to see a split at point guard between Spike and uh, PJ. I can't speak for Carson. Maybe he could slide to the two, but I really don't see PJ or Spike sliding down there because they are 5'11". So, I mean, if you slide them to the two and put the other one at the one, you're already giving yourself a bit of a shorter stance out there. Casey, I don't know what you think about that. I I think the big thing is it's always matchup wise, obviously, if you have a two that's dangerous. Um, Carson's no bigger than either of those two. He's a little bit of a better athlete, but I can't imagine he's a better defender than PJ. I don't. And I I think Painters agrees with me on this. I don't know why, but. (laughs) <laughs> I don't mind having a smaller, quicker guy on a big guy a lot of the times. Sometimes, I mean, you've seen it like in the NBA, like Chris Paul guard Kevin Darnett and Durant, and he kind of just gets in his head a little because they're so quick and it's just like a little little bug nipping at their ankles. And it, for a possession here and there, like that can be effective. And especially when you consider how much more it might juice our offense. Well, and, and Painter doesn't seem to have a problem putting a smaller guy on a bigger guy. I mean, you look yeah. at the, the guys Rafael Davis has guarded the last two years. Look at who Chris Kramer guarded the last, you know, four years when the four years he was at Purdue. I mean, obviously those are extreme examples because those were the and guys I, looked at as your lockdown of defender. But I mean, Painter I had they, palms doing that. And I think he had PJ guarding Valentine in the first MSU game. I could be yeah. wrong about that. And I think he moved Davis to guarding Bryn Forbes. And he had him guarding Utah too. So, I mean, I, it's something he going, he, he's definitely probably going to experiment with. It's I, just a matter I, of whether it'll work. The more interesting question, or I, I think what will be the more relevant question is, are those point guards going to be good enough to take minutes from Dakota or Klein that we want to play two of them? Yeah. Because we're going to have to play Basil a ton. And I think I saw, I think it was a GBI article. I think Painter was looking at playing Dakota and Klein at the same time. Absolutely. So, yeah. so that that's going to be an exciting lineup, I think. Um, yeah, until the other team has the ball. Right. Klein's also, he actually battles against bigger guys pretty well. I was pretty yeah. impressed against his post defense, especially against Florida real early on in the season. No, and Klein's improving, so. Oh, yeah, Matthias has another year in the system, on, you know, ahead yeah. of Klein. So uh-huh. if given time, I'm sure Klein can get to that level as well. And he's a smart off-the-ball defender. Yeah, and that's what we need. All right, so moving on to number two, uh, the biggest, probably biggest news most Purdue fans are following is uh, whether Biggie is going to stay or going to go to the NBA. Um, I think before he got the invite to the Combine, most of us kind of just assumed he was going to stay just because we watched every game. And he had a good season. He did not have a great season, I think most of us would say. And I didn't think he was somebody who the NBA would look at and say, we got to get this guy on our team right now he is ready but as time has gone on and he got invited to the combine he's one of only what how many people do they invite to this thing 
Right. So they invite the 60, 70. 70 mark. I, and I know a lot of the European people don't come over. They don't get invited. So you can <laughs> add those people in. But you start to worry a little bit. Maybe he's not going to come back. Juan, do you think he's going to come back when all is said and done? I think it's going to I think he's going to come back. It seems like the stuff coming out of the combine makes it seem like the people who are evaluating him thinks he needs to go back to school because he was talking. Basically, if he gets even any sort of hint that a team will take him in the draft, he's gone. But I mean, if the experts that are tweeting and whatnot are saying that he doesn't look too good in the combine and he should go back to school, I'd, I'd say I put it over 50 percent chance that he's coming back to Purdue next season. Basketball wise, you don't think of people leaving that early in college unless they're guaranteed. It's usually a guaranteed lottery pick at the very worst, a for sure first round pick. And he is absolutely none of those things. He started out the college year as about the 33rd ranked prospect for the NBA this coming up year. He's fallen all the way off that top 60 board. And for him to even be considering the NBA this strongly is unusual for someone with his projections in the NBA. He had the fourth highest uh, body fat of anyone at the combine. He did measure well with length and hand, but he's not quick enough to play four He's definitely not quick enough for the NBA's four nowadays. He's not tall enough to play the five. He's not a good enough shooter to spread the floor on offense. And as we saw, he can't be trusted with the ball right now on a college level where he should have a physical advantage against most teams. It seems to just be something stuck in his head where he just wants to be in the NBA as soon as possible. So if a single team thinks, well, this kid in two years, you know, we might be able to make him into something. It sounds like he'll go if they give him that promise. I don't know how excited a team would be about a kid that obviously missing out on his own projections. So I don't see it happening that a team would give him a for sure. So I think he'll be back, but I think it's going to be begrudgingly. And I think that's a really weird situation for everyone. I was thinking about this the other day and I know I sent this in our group text. Is it weird that I'm rooting for him to do badly in the combine? Because no. I want because it serves your self-interest. Right. And you probably think it's best for him. I do think it's best for him in the long run. Again, what the heck do I know in this in this whole scenario? But I think it's just a weird, a weird place to be in because I think Biggie is a great player. I think he can truly improve if he busts his butt another year um, and plays like he's capable of for his sophomore year. I think he can be a really special player for Purdue. And then maybe at the end of that year, if Purdue next year, if Purdue has a good run, maybe then there won't even be a question um, of if he should come back or not but to me right now I, I don't see a team giving him a guarantee that he's going to get drafted in that first round now in those interviews you've read with him he doesn't even care he doesn't seem to care if he's drafted in the first round he just says he wants to know he can get drafted he's going to guarantee wants a guarantee by a team that he's going to get drafted but those second round draft picks don't always stick around just ask yeah, any they waste away the in the d league they're not guaranteed contracts you have no it's, guaranteed it's... contract they wind up in europe who knows and i get it from his perspective I mean, if I was Biggie and I was as talented as he was, as somebody said to me, hey, you've got a chance to go after one year and you can achieve your dream at, what is he, 19 years old, 18 years old? I mean, yeah. you got to at least go out there and give it a shot. So I don't blame him one bit. But It sounds to me like it's more of a human issue. Like he came you? from all this you know, homelessness and all this bad stuff. And I, I don't know how much of it is guided just by the fact he wants to feel like he made it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that because it's something that he can look at as he did it himself. You know, he proved to not only himself, but to everyone else that he could go out there and do this and do it on his own. Um, of course, you know, a lot of people helping him, but it's his talent. It's he he's the one they're going to be drafting. So and I wonder how much his 
guardian Roosevelt Barnes has also told him because I mean he's quite experienced with all of these. I can't imagine that he would lead him towards the NBA. He's a professional in this. They yeah agents don't want a possible lottery pick or a first round pick to leave after his freshman year to go in the second round. Maybe like you said, you know, you might waste away in the D League and players come up from the D League every now and then and they go on to have great careers. It's possible, but they're but the they except, also, not the rule. Yeah, while making about twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, while playing in Fort Wayne and going to like small cities all throughout the country that nothing wrong with small cities. But if you're planning on being the NBA and being a millionaire, you don't really want to hang out in Fort Wayne for the rest of your life. If what I'm looking at is correct, the day the combine runs from the 11th to the 15th. So today when we're recording this is the last day. And then college players have 10 days uh, to decide whether to remain in the draft or return to school. So uh, it seems to me like the deadline is going to be May 25th for that decision by Biggie. And I can't imagine he's waiting for a one-on-one promise. So these 10 days, that's when he's going to have his one-on-one workouts and talks with teams. I can't imagine he's going to cut that early. It just feels like he's going to hope. The only way he's going to cut it out early is if someone does promise him early. Oh, yeah. If someone were to say, no matter what happens, if you're available at this pick, we're going to take you. Mm -hmm. They're by no means contractually obligated to stick to that. Well, wasn't it uh, when Hummel was entering the draft, uh, somebody told him, if you're still available at this pick, we're going to take you. And then that pick came and he was all excited. Phone didn't ring. They took someone else. It's uh, awful dangerous to trust one team to say, we'll take you if you're still available Um, because things change. Scenarios can cause problems. And if he's only relying on one team to take him, that could be a heartbreaking night if he does, in fact, stay. So what does everybody's gut say, stay or go? Um, I'm going to say he's going to stay. He'll come back. Uh, but I do think he will he may wait till that deadline of the 25th, like you said, Casey. I think he stays. What do you think, Juan? Well, I gave my odds earlier. I'm putting it up just oh, over 50%. Okay. So you're on the fence. I, I give it like a 55, 60%. Big balls, he, Juan. Big balls. It now, I'm a meteorologist. I have to give the actual probability that I think what's is going to happen. I don't do all uh-huh. or nothing. Oh, really I mean, I'm not us. saying all or nothing. I'm saying it is more likely than not that he returns. So, well, right, right, right. And that's what I sort of said by saying yeah. 60%. I'm not, yeah. but I'm not going to so say definitive. Do we worry about this isolating him with the rest of the team or no. that, that he's going to be viewed as just out for himself this whole next year? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think two things with that. When you're looking at these interviews, reading these interviews, one, you have to take everything they say with a grain of salt because if he wants to be taken seriously as an NBA prospect, he can't really say, well, uh, you know, I'm glad to come back to school. It's a learning process. These NBA teams probably want want to know that you're all in. You know, you're working to be drafted. And two, I think everybody else on the team knows if they were in a similar circumstance, they'd do the exact same thing. Yeah, but they wouldn't. Haas didn't even entertain the NBA Combine. Well, but did anybody think Haas was going to get invited to the NBA Combine? Uh, He's a better NBA prospect right now than Caleb Swanigan. But, okay, you're a little bit biased. You're, you're... I... That is factual. He is a better NBA prospect. So when you look at you know all the draft boards on none of those draft boards i think was haas higher than biggie because no one considered him that he would leave well exactly so you but he also that. didn't plummet 40 some spots it's rare for a player in one year to drop from 30th like borderline first round to out of the draft projections just look at Melo Trimble. I mean, last year they were talking about him being a first-round draft pick. He decided to go back to Maryland, and now after the combine, they're saying he needs to go back for his junior year. So it happens. Granted, I don't follow the NBA as well, so maybe this happens more often than not, or maybe it doesn't. But, I mean, a lot of things can happen over a year. 
And just to kind of go to what you guys were talking about, about people uh, tweeting about Biggie, Chad Ford, the ESPN NBA insider, tweeted the other day, the all-go-back-to-school team, uh, Mellow Trimble, Nigel Hayes, Caleb Swanigan, Marcus Lee, Diedrich Lawson, Troy Williams, and Justin Jackson. So I was surprised Nigel Hayes was on that list. He just seems like a physical stud. Yeah, but I don't know. A lot of Wisconsin fans that only the five that I've read were expecting him to come back. That it was more just for the evaluation sort of thing. I mean, from a Purdue, Purdue perspective, we obviously we think Biggie's going to come back. It'll be a tough decision for him. But the other guy who declared, of course, was the artist formerly known as Vince Edwards, <laughs> who, in case you don't get that reference, it was announced on Twitter by Chris Foreman, the SID for Purdue basketball, that he is now going by Vincent Edwards. 100% chance this was his mother saying that he li- she likes Vincent better, right? Well, that's what he said that on Twitter, too. Somebody Did he? Asked, okay. Yeah, some, somebody <laughs> asked him where this came from, and he said, I'm pretty sure it was his mom. <laughs> so, Hey, uh, mothers know best, right? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. Nope. Uh, so I just thought it was interesting. It came out of nowhere. Going to take a little bit of getting used to. Hey, you know what? I'm Vincent, glad to have some Purdue news that's just fun. Vincent Edwards it is, I guess. So uh, we will go on from there. The last thing we kind of wanted to touch on was A.J. Hammonds pulling himself out of the NBA draft combine. Casey, I will, again, kind of yield to you. You're more of our NBA guy than anybody else. So what do you think that means? I think it means at the end of the first round, one of those teams has already had many talks with A.J.'s people that says, don't work out for other teams. Don't get put on the radar for other teams. You want to go to a good situation. We have a good situation. We're going to draft you. We need you. We have a spot. You're set golden. Don't worry about any Anything else work on the things that we want you to work on work out with us and you're good it, it's an obvious lineup it's you know spurs okc golden state any well not okc doesn't really fit they have enough big men but golden state's losing bogut the spurs are losing maybe tim duncan they were one big man short away from actually being able to match the thunder david west is leaving um there's a couple other teams that you know Big men that are agile, that are not inept on offense, that have a little bit of range, still have a lot of value in the NBA. They still need centers that are quick laterally able to defend. And this pretty much says he doesn't have to worry about raising a stack. A team he's interested in is interested in him. So it's good news for all. Yeah, and those are those are some good teams. You know, you get drafted near the end of the first round. You're yes. going to find yourself in a good situation because those are the teams that either won it all or nearly won it all, unless there's some tricky trade situations going on with those picks but for a guy like Hammonds to go on to a good team in a good situation could mean the difference between him being motivated to continue to excel and build and grow or maybe fall back and be kind of lackadaisical and cash some paychecks so I think that's a I think that's a very astute point I think, I think that his camp knows great. it he knows it like he needs to be in the right situation with the right coach yeah to help not fall back on old habits I know we already finished the Vincent Edwards thing, but I found the tweet I was referencing. Chris Foreman says, mom requested Vincent approved. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how, how much of that was a joke, but, uh, you know, that's what he says. So, Juan, what do you think about uh, AJ pulling his name out of the, the combine there? I don't know too much about the NBA, to be honest with you. And this is the first time I've even followed the NBA combine. I had no idea there was even a combine for the NBA until this year. <laughs> I didn't either. Really? I'm like, surprise. What do you guys do with your life? Do you just shut NBA? down after April? Do you shut yeah, down? Yeah, because April? because we're Purdue fans. Oh. <laughs> 
I, we didn't make it into April one. We shut down before that. Well, and usually for me, by the time March Madness is done, I'm like, okay, I need a few months off from sports. Like, I need a break. That's why I quit watching baseball a few years ago, too. It's like, this is too much for me. Too much pain and suffering. But anyway, like, at first I thought it was interesting. Uh, I really like what uh, Boiled Sports had put out earlier this week in saying, you know, with the combines in general, like, you're just being scrutinized left and right, and they're just they're just going to try to find one little error of yours and try to blow it up. I don't know if that's, that's exactly... That's more NFL. Yeah. But see, um, that's the thing. That's, that's what I'm not... used to with the NFL combine. Yeah, the NBA um, actually... Because I kind, of, I kind of have a feeling that AJ's a sneaky athlete. I feel like he would have scored well, and his arms are ridiculously long. And Yeah, but I, I, I think... Juan is kind of making a good point, and by extension, Boiled Sports is making a good point. It's probably a lot easier to hurt your stock at the Combine than it, it is, is when you're a fourth-year senior. Yeah. When you yeah. have four years of tape, probably. Four years of tape on him out there, and I obviously I'm not saying this could happen, but a, a player who's been out there for four years could show up at the Combine out of shape, could show up, you know, have a bad day. I guess that is the other... Like, we're all looking at it in very rose-painted glasses. Yeah, like, I mean, It could just be he's fat. Been eating I'm, Twinkies since graduation. I'm and not, he's like, nah, not doing this. You know, I mean, it, I do think it's probably a lot easier to hurt yourself than help yourself. Um, well, Caleb Swanigan hurt his calf, too. Yes, uh, yeah, they did say he, he hurt his calf and had some some struggles because of that. So you, I guess when you're a guy like AJ, people know who you are, people know what you're going to do. And if you can get put in the right situation, why put yourself into it? Uh, the combine when there's a chance you could get hurt there's a chance you could play yourself out of something so i think that's probably a good sign for him Uh, as long as you know what your draft stock is yeah best thing for the combine is for people that are you know unknowns mysteries high upside athletes that are gonna have front offices talk themselves into you because you know you have a seven foot eight wingspan and you can jump to the top of the backboard even though you can't make a free throw we hope it's good news for AJ. We hope come whenever the NBA draft is June 23rd, apparently is the NBA draft. Um, we'll be hearing his name in the first round. And that would be great news, not only for AJ, but also for Purdue basketball, because so much of his growth and development was while he was at Purdue. Obviously, you can't teach height. Seven. Very foot, good point. But I mean, you look at the player he was when he came in to where he ended. Yep. And that's something Painter can sell. Absolutely. Um, you know, you can say he came in as as a r- extremely raw, uh, ma- mostly a shot blocker who could dunk, and he well, left. That, and he came with a lazy stipulation, and yeah. like and then he's he changed leave, his image, and that's hard to do. Yeah, and he'll hopefully leave as a first round draft pick in the NBA with a multi million dollar contract. So that is something you, when you hit the recruiting trail, you can say, you know, look what I did to this kid, um, and I can do it to you too, and and we can make some some good things happen at Purdue. So hopefully that'll be a good selling point if that happens that's all we really want to discuss as far as basketball goes does anybody want to throw anything out about football or do we want to just let that no no we're just all gonna mute just let purdue football drift off okay well well, everyone at home for 10 seconds you're gonna mute your mic too we're all gonna mute it and then we're all gonna scream things that we're not allowed for other people to hear and that'll be our moment of silence to get over the purge that we're gonna need for this year okay so we'll have our moment of silence you can scream whatever you want and then we'll be back on the air no one will judge you
See, wasn't that fun? <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's all we got for tonight. We, I promise we do have a podcast plan for Drew to go over, as he calls it, the D. Whenever he's not drunk. Yeah, whenever he's not out on a boat doing God knows what. <laughs> so anybody got any final thoughts? Otherwise, we'll wrap this sucker up with a pretty little bow. As your least biggest fan, Caleb, I still want you to come back one more year. Is least biggest fan, is that a thing? I'm a big person. Okay, fair enough. All right, Juan, anything? No, nothing on my end this week. All right, well, I guess I'll just end it by saying, Biggie, come back. <laughs> <laughs> you can let me know.